Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Even if we make money, they're always like, well, you just want us for money. And you're like, bro, you don't even have a headboard for your bed. Like, what money? And all these women are realizing, like, I'm better off without a grown man baby that I have to take care of because a lot of these guys just were raised to find a second mom. It's Violet Benson, your favorite meme queen and the big sis you didn't ask for but need. Welcome to Almost Adulting. Almost Adulting. Almost Adulting. Are you ready? Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Almost Adulting. Right now I'm softening my voice because I'm trying to be my feminine... (laughs) energy i'm kind of i just had a conversation about this with one of my best friends that's visiting me right now from israel and we're talking about feminine versus masculine energy i don't know if it's a real thing a lot of people a lot of women object to it they don't like that this whole conversation but i've been kind of curious about it so (laughs) we were joking around with each other when she was leaving my house right now she was taking up she was trying to take all the pasta that we cooked. And I'm like, bitch, what the fuck are you doing? I mean, excuse me. I don't like that you're taking my pasta. But if it makes you happy, then go ahead. And then she was like, well, I would really love to eat the pasta. And I said, well, I would really love it if you washed the dishes. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? So then we try to change our tone with one another. But still we're being cunty with each other. So obviously very pointless <laughs> intro. But yeah, hi guys, welcome. I'm your host, your best friend, your big sister, Violet Benson. Welcome to a brand new episode. This is episode three on the podcast of the September month, which is all about self-healing and self-help. So today we have my friend Barrett. He is on the podcast. He's great. I found him on TikTok. He has uh, some really amazing, powerful TikToks. And just overall, he's a very positive person. And I think he would be a great addition to today's episode. He brings a lot of thought-provoking conversations. So this is for my ladies out there. If you're a white cis man, (laughs) this episode may not be for you. And I apologize in advance. And of course, I do love everyone and always put your mental health first. Anyway, before we get started, I did want to give a small little update. So I have gone through one or two procedures recently with my oral health, including doing a uh, emergency laser gum surgery. So I will be having a lisp for a while now until I heal and get better and until we fix things because there were some implications during my procedure which means i will need to do a few more procedures i wasn't happy about that and it's okay you don't have to feel bad for me because i've already felt bad enough for myself i've cried about it every single day and talked it out with my mom and eventually i said you know what enough stop you've cried enough so the next best thing after i was all cried out because my speech yes it's different right now i'm very self-conscious about it i feel very insecure that's honest truth and I'm being very honest with you guys 
And I appreciate everyone that told me it's not a big deal, but it's how you feel inside and I'll get through it. But yeah, I'm going to sound a little different for a while until my mouth heals and until we finish the other procedures and the complications. And eventually I'll feel comfortable to talk about it. But once I was done crying it out and I realized all the things I should be grateful for, including you guys on this podcast and living another day and, you know, yeah, I have a list. It's not the end of the world. I'll get through it. Maybe I can suck dick better. You know, there's always a positive somewhere. So what's the next best thing I could do if instead of crying, I'm going to do what every poor girl growing up could do when she's an adult and finally made some money. I'm going to buy myself all the shit I couldn't buy myself when I was a child. So that's what I did. Last week, I accidentally bought mm, between 60 to 70 items from Amazon. I wish I could take a video to show you all of the pointless things I currently have in my house. I bought something for $200 for the guest bathroom that cleans your phone while you wash your hands. And now my, my soap thing is automatic as well. So I really went above and beyond in my home to my home that I never invite anyone over because they make a mess and then I have to clean and that annoys me. <laughs> so that's been a joy. Maybe I'll take a video of like the 10 most silliest things that I currently bought in my house and you guys can laugh and feel better about yourselves. But anyway, aside from that, I wanted to update you on something that happened to me this week that honestly made me feel so much better and I don't know if anyone else can relate but hopefully you can get to that point if you went through a breakup recently or just another guy you stopped talking to or someone you're sitting over and you're just like why does this person not care about me blah blah whatever it is you will get to the moment that I finally got to and I love when I get to this moment I mean I love hate it a part of me always hates this moment because whenever I'm breaking up with someone we're parting ways I always know this moment's gonna come eventually and once this moment comes I will never love you again I will never look at you as a potential suitor I will never look at you as someone that I could put their pee-pee in my v (laughs) like I will just get the ick I always know there's that moment that I will get the ick from the person. Usually that's why it's so hard for me to part ways with someone. Because when we're about parting ways, I'm like, are you sure you want to do this? Because I know myself and there's going to be this one moment. You're going to do something eventually further down the line. And I'm going to be like, what was I thinking? And it happens every time. And, you know, they never, when you're parting ways, they don't want you. (laughs) When you're telling them this is going to happen. They don't believe you. So I finally hit this moment uh, this week and it made made me laugh. So basically this happened with not the last guy I was talking to, but the guy right before him. When we were parting ways, he took it worse than me at first. And then I was kind of sad about it because I was feeling lonely. But, you know, he he didn't want to work things out. You know, he didn't care for it and completely understand it is what it is. And uh, I uh, released it. And then we randomly caught up just having a little conversation and text and he's asking how I was doing and all that and I already you know have no feelings for him but I still didn't have the ick you know there was still a possibility a potential that maybe if we ran into each other and after 75 shots maybe I would consider having him go down on me you know I'm a good person I believe in charity if you if that's what you got to do to heal I'm all for it I got you you know but then it happened it happened (laughs) He asked me how I was doing. I told him, you know, it hasn't been that great if I'm being completely honest and open. I had some oral surgeries recently 
and there's been some implications it uh unexpected implications and it hasn't been good i've been in pain i can barely eat anything i have a list when i talk i've been crying about every single day it's not great but i'm getting through it and this guy was just like oh oh my god i'm so sorry that's so terrible i can't imagine what you're going through but don't worry i'm sending you good thoughts and prayers and i looked at my text and i i just go no not the prayers and he goes yep sorry too late i'm already sending them i already sent them your way so hopefully you're getting all my positive thoughts and my prayers and i looked at that text and i'm like you're telling me i put your dick in my mouth and now i'm telling you i'm crying every single day and that's what you're giving me back after your dick was in my mouth you're giving me back prayers fuck off <laughs> please <laughs> I so I was just like, wow, thank you. Oh my God, it worked. I feel so much better. Your prayers really work. Thank you. And then we joked about it. But deep down in my head, I said, there it is. There's the ick. I am disgusted. I cannot believe I let his penis anywhere near me, even in my hand. No, I'm sorry. Whether you're my friend or boy I used to date, I expect the same treatment where you send me more than thoughts and prayers. How about some flowers? How about some soup, <laughs> please? So that was a weirdly awesome validating experience for me because that really helped me, like in Hebrew, how you would say, in that moment, and that was amazing. Sorry for everyone who doesn't speak Hebrew and did not understand what I said. But yeah, hopefully anyone listening out there, I hope if you're currently sad, over a friend, a job, a person, an ex-partner, whatever it is, I wish this for you, for you to finally get to a point where you will get the ick from them and you will never be able to think of them in a romantic way because that is the best feeling. And every time, every time I'm parting ways with someone, I warn, I warn them. This is why it's so hard for me to part ways. I always say, oh no, I'm going to get to that point where I'm going to feel the ick and then we can never go back. Never listen to me. And then it happens and now, nope, no more pee pee in my mouth. Not that, guys. <laughs> so that's that. Anyway, you guys, I hope you enjoyed today's beautiful episode. Don't forget to follow Bear on TikTok, on Instagram and everywhere else and his love army. And also, don't forget to have a beautiful day. As lame as it can sound, which is so weird when you try to be positive and that's considered lame nowadays. Try to think of a few things you're thankful for today. Trust me, that was the only way I was able to kind of get out of my funk when I was feeling bad about myself every day, especially when you're going through physical pain that it makes you feel, it makes you realize how thankful you should have been for, for days when you weren't experiencing physical pain. But regardless of what it is, just try to think of three to five things you're thankful for today. I'll start before we start the episode. Number one, two, 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 I'm thankful that I, my parents are on this earth for one more day, another day, another week, whatever it is, I'm thankful God has given me my parents for this long. Thank you so much. I love them so much. I'm thankful because I have people in my life that make me feel loved. Thank you. I'm number three. I'm thankful for the people that taught me what love isn't by not loving me. Number four, I am thankful for having this podcast and having my spotify podcast hey besties 
Uh, as much as I love to complain sometimes, I'm like, oh no, another episode after recording all that. I'm so fucking thankful that I have a job and there's people out there like you guys that care to listen and hear what I have to say. And number five, I'm thankful that it's another day where I have a roof over my head and I get to feel safe in my home and fuck it, I'll do another one. Number the last one, I'm thankful that I have enough food to put in my belly today and I'm thankful I have you guys listen to me and I'm I'm thankful I get to wake up and I get to be me and I'm thankful that it's only going to get better from here. I'm thankful to be alive, honestly. Life is good even on bad days, okay? <laughs> anyway, have a beautiful um have a beautiful day and enjoy this episode. Love you. Mwah. Hi guys, I'm Viola Benson. Welcome to a brand new episode of Almost Adulting with me. So today my special guest is Barrett Paul. We are joined by a life coach, humanitarian, and absolute bombshell, may I also add, <laughs> Barrett Paul. Barrett is also an LGBTQ plus advocate and former model with a focus on allyship and navigating our world that is so heavily relies on social media. Barrett, welcome. Thank you so much. Hello, 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 hello. So I found Barrett through TikTok. He makes awesome videos just talking about, you know, calling a lot of men out, which I love, but he's so much more than that just from those videos alone. So Barrett, I would love to know where did you find your voice to be this big advocate that you are now and you have a whole uh, cult unquote cult following you and listening to everything you have to say when when exactly did you find your voice you know it's been a long journey and i like to tell people that because i think people often think they have to have it done like right away i started finding my voice when i i think really first got to university i went to nyu i graduated in 2010 um and it was when i was in new york city and really exposed to like all the different kinds of things that you can get involved in you know i started protesting when i was 18 my first week of university and i remember feeling just like the power that is in that collective group uh and then i got on social media when it was kind of first really starting and as i was leaving my modeling career i was having a lot of just like not wonderful things happen within the entertainment industry and all the people representing me and i was like I'm done and I don't want to go backwards. And then I had this big fuck it moment and I came out really publicly online. And then it ended up being the first thing that I ended up contributing to the Huffington Post. And that was really the beginning of like my fuck it. And I say that was during my quarter life crisis. I was coming out of it and that was at 24, 25 and now I'm 34. So like 10 years later, definitely is a lot louder, <laughs> but I'm really grateful for it. You're so attractive, obviously. Do you feel like sometimes people, it's hard for people to take you seriously because you're an ex-model? You know, that's like always a weird feeling when someone says that to me because my looks were such a part of my career. And I was told for so long by my representation to like, don't say anything, don't have an opinion, don't be political, just smile and be attractive. And I didn't grow up feeling attractive. So when that was a thing, it was a weird mental shift because I really valued like my brain because my looks weren't such a thing as a kid. And it's been a journey. I definitely have had some growing pains where people didn't want to take me seriously because they knew me as a model and I didn't talk about my education. I didn't talk about my career outside of modeling because a lot of models aren't just modeling. It's kind of a means to an end for a lot of people. It's a tool like anything else. And I'm grateful that I have this tool 
but I definitely still struggle to some effect or, or some extent, I guess, of how much are people really listening and how much are people looking. But at this point, I feel like that's just one of those things that I can either sit here and be insecure about or go, you know what, grateful for this tool. I'm going to use it for good. And while I have it, because realistically, it's not going to be here forever. Like we're all, we're all going to get old one day. A hundred percent. I agree with you on that. I, I think I definitely struggle with that too, because I have such a need to always prove that I'm so much more than my looks. Mm. And sometimes I think I even project with people, even without them asking, if they even just say I'm pretty or try to compliment me, I'm kind of like, yeah, well, also I have two degrees. Excuse me. I don't need you to sexualize me. And it's like, oh, wait, never mind. I'm doing this to myself because it's totally. such a defense mechanism. Totally. So, I was going to ask you the same question because it's, it's one of those things. Like, I think you're more of an asshole to not recognize what you look like in this world. It's like, I was a model. I'm aware of what I look like at this point. I've been forced to, right? So yeah, I understand it, but it, it is, it's one of those things that I think a lot of us feel like we have to overcompensate for. Yeah. I mean, for me, I, I've never focused on my looks because I grew up with uh, a few birth defects that I had to go through. But growing up, my father always looked at my sister for being the smart one. Mm. And for me, he always told me that I'm beautiful and that's what mm. I have. And so he would, mm. put me, he would tell me that I'm not smart and I can't be like my sister, but that I'm beautiful. So I always have my looks. And because of that, it kind of made me go the opposite route. So I've always mm. pursued things that had nothing to do with my looks because there's mm. a way to prove to myself that I'm not my looks. So I actually, I've never depend on my looks so even now when when men try to put me down on social media because my haters usually are men for whatever always reason. they're always men <laughs> they they'll be like well too bad all the money you make is from your looks and it's like actually none of it has to do with my looks so thank you this is what i hope more people especially like women and queer people here is like you have nothing to apologize or explain to these people because the truth of the matter is they're sitting here angry and projecting their own insecurities onto the rest of us. And then we're expected to carry their baggage around because they're not dealing with it. And I'm done. And I hope more people are also done with that because it's been enabling for so long as well, where we kind of just like were quiet and didn't push back. And I'm just so over it. <laughs> A hundred percent. I agree with the always constantly needing to explain yourself to complete strangers who, by the way, don't care to hear what you have to say. They just want you to hear what they have to say and they want to put you down. They don't care. Mm -hmm. They don't, they don't, a lot of people don't actually want to get to know you and the vulnerable you. They want mm -hmm. to attack you and they want to hate you, mm -hmm. which is, which if you look within, it's only because they're hurting. That's the sad part. Absolutely. I think that's part of the hard thing of being like an empath and so being someone that heals and being someone that does want to see everyone do better is that like you can still look at the person who's hurting you and be like I get it and that makes you want to be like not at the same level as them and, and you still want to show kindness and empathy and compassion but I think we've tried that for too long and it, it hasn't made the change that we need to see you know and so I do I do have the foundation of my message and my love army as like love. But I do think we have to be stronger and tougher and push a little bit harder and, and not be as, as kind, not as kind, I guess, just not let people really walk all over us the way that we have. That's definitely my problem. I think that's where you and I are different because for me, it's more, I get it. And then I just let them be versus you believe in consequences. And that's definitely where you are. I are different. Were you always this positive or did they take you? Cause you're very positive. Did they take <laughs> you a long time to get there? Yeah. I think out of survival as a kid, I had to be positive. Again, I grew up 
poor. We were evicted from four homes. My mom was super sick when I was six and until really present day with different things. And for me, it was just kind of a way to, to get through the hard stuff, you know, being bullied, dealing with stuff at home. Like I was definitely in survival mode for probably close to 30 years. And it wasn't until recently that I realized like, I don't have to be in that space anymore, which is hard because when that's all, you know, that's your normal sort of really sit mindfully with yourself and reflect like, Hey, I can go from survive to thrive is confusing. And it can even be scary because it's not your normal, but positivity has always been a big part of my life. And I really do accredit it to being surrounded by a lot of girls and women too, because that, that was my community. I've always had best friends that are when I was little girls and now it's an adult women. Yeah. Yeah. That's really important. That's an interesting thing that you said that a lot of people don't realize. Some people are so used to being in victim mode, in mm. survival mode, mm. in pity mode, that they don't actually realize that they, they live comfortably in it and they don't want to actually see what's on the next side. It's so much mm. easier sometimes to just be like, well, this is my life. This is it. I'm going to just hate it every day. So what advice do you have for those people who just like you were in that type of mode, but you finally one day decided enough is enough. Like I'm not going to be in this survival victim mode anymore. Yeah. It's funny. I can like remember the exact moment that it really started to shift. It wasn't like it just changed overnight, but I remember waking up like one day, my senior year of university in my like, you know, apartment that I shared with two other friends. And I, I don't, I don't know what happened, but I like looked at the ceiling and I just said, no one's going to save you. You have to save yourself. And my advice, you know, at this point, I've been a life coach for seven and a half years. This is what I work with people one-on-one -on -one to do is first and foremost is to remember that it's a choice. You get to choose at any point in your life. Do I want to make change? And that change is not going to be easy always, but you get to choose when that happens. And it can be right now, it can be in two years, but it's truly up to you. Uh, and the other big things that I really really, really push people to think about doing is to lean into gratitude. I mean, there's been like scientific studies done that gratitude really does affect like the science in our brains, um, but also kind of more of like the mystic side of our lives and helps you remember what you have rather than what you don't have. And for me, I say five gratefuls every day, multiple times a day, because I do this with clients. I do this with friends. I do this with my partner. And the other big thing for me that really saved me through all this time as well is journaling. It's just a safe place to talk to yourself. And I don't think enough people talk to themselves. I think we swim in circles in our mind, but we don't let ourselves consciously go from like one end of the pool to the other, take a break and then keep swimming. So those are my big two pieces of advice. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. 
visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. I love that. I agree. It's when you one day wake up and you just say, I I don't want to feel like this anymore. Like I'm done. But I agree with you with the, with the mindset of no one's going to save you. And I think for a lot of people, that's really hard to hear because uh, because it's not fair. But life is not fair. And 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 yes, people will be there for you down the line. But at first, you do have to be there for yourself just in case if this happens again. You know, 100 <laughs> percent. You have to be your best friend. You have to be your your biggest champion. And I think for again a lot of women and queer people and some cishet men, we've been told to not be confident. We've been told to not talk ourselves up. That's that's cocky. That's arrogant. That's that's not what someone should do. Right. It's silly. And I I really love seeing so many people who have been marginalized finally being like enough. This is this is silly. I'm done with this. And beyond silly, it's dangerous. I agree. So you speak really candidly about sexuality and the world skew version of it, specifically stating that, quote unquote, you only care about people's sexuality if you want to sleep with them. Can you kind of dive deeper into this and explain the uselessness of being obsessed with others' sex lives? Because that happens to me a lot with people. Absolutely. You know, I didn't come into my own unique sexuality and queerness until I was in my you know 20s. However, I was labeled the gay kid from as young as I can remember. And I think that's just wild because like what five-year-old is consciously and consensually having sex? Like none, right? And so for me, it was like being sexualized by adults. And because the adults were doing it, then my peers took it on as well. And it was because I liked things that were gendered to be more girly, where it's like, that's all a construct as well. Yeah. But as an adult, as I really started to, you know, come into my own and reckon with sexuality and what that means for myself, but also how to help others come into their own uniqueness. I just don't see the obsession that so many people have with other people's sex lives. And I truly believe you only care if you have some sort of interest. And so my whole thing is you're not a queer phobe. You're not a homophobe. You're like queer curious you're homo curious, like you're just really interested, but because you haven't had safe space to dive into it, your first instinct is to shame it. And that's really common in our society. And that's what a lot of queer people do to themselves when we're first figuring it out as well. So as someone who is now out and proud, I use the word queer. I, you know, I think that to kind of make myself get stuck in any label, whether that's gay or straight or whatever, for me just doesn't work. And so I hope as more people come into these conversations, they start to just ask themselves, like, why? Why do I think this? Why do I think this way? Why have I not thought about things in another way? I agree, because, yeah, you you talk about the overlapping of homophobia. Can you explain the two and talk about how this bigotry actually is disguised infatuation, which I 100 percent agree. It's always a person that bullied you in high school for being gay is the one that ends up being gay. So it's like, so you just like me this whole time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some of my like biggest bullies ended up coming out like, you know, years and years later. Um, but it was like an easy way to project again their insecurities onto me because I was more comfortable just being uniquely myself as a kid. I, you know, wore bell bottoms to school, which back oh, in the no. day was like easy target, right? Like all my friends were girls, easy target. I liked the color pink and tie dye and I played with dolls, like 
easy target. But for me, I think it's so funny that we've labeled like homophobia as if it's a fear. It's not a fear. Like you, you can be afraid of snakes. You can be afraid of spiders. But even then, it's like there's a reason why. And then if you work through it, you're not afraid of it. And for me, this is why I've been so vocal online, especially before it was really like accepted is because I just think a lot of people haven't had exposure. And I think the more that you really are exposed to people different than you, you can at least understand it and not be afraid of it. And you can go, maybe I don't like it, but you're not going to try and like hurt that person and their right for equality. And so that's where I kind of see the, the overlap is, you know, a lot of these men and boys that we see online, and it's not specific to, to men, right? Like women can do it too, non-binary people can do it too, but we really see it prominently in the, in the male spaces is that they're super um, like homoerotic with one another. There's so much like ass tapping and like weird sexual stuff that they do with each other, but it's always labeled as jokes. It's just jokes, it's jokes. It's like, <laughs> if you're doing it, it's not a joke and you can call it a joke, but you're still doing it. And so I'm looking to deconstruct that. And I do it with, you know, a bit of comedy because I think we all need some lightness and relief in these heavy topics. And it's, it's pretty easy to show it at this point. Social media has really showed a lot of these guys for who they really are. And it's kind of obvious at this point, in my opinion, that no one's hundred percent anything. Yeah, I, I agree. They talk about the spectrum and mm -hmm. there's definitely I definitely don't think anyone's 100 percent anything. I do think it's important to not shut people out when they have different opinions and to allow them to have a, a change perspective. A long time ago, I had my friend Shannon on the show, mm. Shannon Beveridge. She's part of the LGBTQ plus community. She's amazing. And it was a really popular episode. And she talked about when she came out and everything like that. And I mentioned on that episode that where I grew up in a different country, Russia specifically, there's yes. no such thing as being gay. Yes. You know, it's not really a thing back then and even a little bit now, the way they view it. And then when I grew up in Israel, it's like a very small town. So where I grew up, I didn't meet anyone gay. I didn't know anyone gay. There was this one guy in my school. Maybe he was gay, but no one talked about it. And we also were never educated about sex stuff. Uh, I think senior year, you watch one video mm. about your sexuality and then that's it. So I thought your baby comes out of your clitoris. Like <laughs> no. I did not. And I was just like, how does it even come out of there? Like I was so confused. So when I moved to America, in ninth grade, I was friends with a few people and I was always a devil's advocate. So I like to mess around with people. So this one girl was really passionate about these things. And then she said, well, you're born gay. And I said, no, you choose to be gay. But also I didn't know any better. Mm. Then within a week or two, this guy, one of my really good guy friends became friends. And then we were friends for years. Mm. And a week or two after I made that comment to her for like one of his birthdays, he wanted to go to a Britney Spears concert and things like that. Mm. And his family constantly would ask me when we're going to date. And mm. it, cause they were very religious and mm. I would look at him and I could just feel like I felt his pain and mm. I would be hurting just to look at him. And I was just thinking like, that is so painful. This person has to pretend to be someone else to make other people happy, like mm. to live all these years pretending to be someone else and he can't be happy for himself. And like to think about that, I was like, there's no way anyone would ever choose to, to be in so much pain. Like mm. no one makes a choice like that. Like that's it hurts me to think about that. So seeing my friend like that, it made me realize how I was wrong. And I just I didn't grow up being exposed to a lot of the things that 
people are all exposed to now. And I was able to change my opinion. And by telling this story, I hope that it helps in other people who may have different opinions right now mm. to be open mm. to changing their mind because mm. there's nothing wrong with educating yourself and then being like, yeah, you know what? I was wrong. <laughs> totally. Look, I always say that I'm a, a student before a teacher. I don't want to be the smartest person in the room. I don't want to be the person that th thinks they know it all. I want to remember that I'm only 34. I have so much more life to live. How boring to think that I know everything right now. So I get super excited when someone does challenge me because it does then make me think, okay, like in what ways do I need to expand my thinking? In what ways can I be more inclusive? In what ways am I having holes in my thinking that I need other perspective from? And I think when you're young, it's easy to be really stubborn. I also think if you're not never challenged as you get older, it's easy to stay stubborn. But I think the best thing to do is just stay open in all ways to what could be. You know, my thoughts on so many things have continued to just expand. And that that's exciting to me. And I really do believe that we're capable of change. I've watched, you know, people one-on-one -on -one in, in my life coaching work come in thinking that they are just programmed this way and they're just to be pessimistic and angry and frustrated for the rest of their lives. And over the course of, you know, sometimes as, as quick as three months, you see this beautiful change. And it's just such a great reminder that it just takes some safe space and giving people the permission to ask some tough questions that they maybe haven't been able to ask somewhere else um, and go on that journey with them. The thing is, there's some people that just like to gaslight and they, they're not looking to be open and be challenged. They're looking to just push your buttons. And so it really is about picking your battles, choosing when is it appropriate to lean into these conversations and when am i just being kind of like bullied and someone doesn't want to hear kind of what we were saying earlier earlier in the conversation about you know people not wanting to actually listen they're just there to kind of like hurt you yeah i agree but also i also like girls so speaking of the projection all that it came because i couldn't process that when I really liked hanging with some of my friends, it was for other reasons. So it was more of a denial. But when you start to be around people that are so accepting, then you end up accepting yourself. And that's how you're able to also accept everyone else around you. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. One of the most fun things about my social media career in the more recent years, as I kind of like grew on TikTok, is having this big influx of women who have been in this space to finally go, maybe I do like women. Maybe all these things are really just kind of like me processing and realizing like that's okay too. And that I can be bisexual or that maybe I'm more, you know, exclusively into women, but just not getting stuck in this heteronormative bullshit that we've all been programmed to think is just, again, the norm because it yeah. makes a small group of people comfortable. That's usually, again, based in whiteness, that's based in Christianity, and that's based in like a lot of other antiquated things that aren't just inclusive. Yeah. And it's always if girls like other girls, then it's just a phase. If a guy, if a boy likes another boy, you're gay. Oh, it's a phase for you. Mm -hmm. Girl on girl, that's hot. A boy looked at another boy, you know. I think it's important to show like our moments where they're not perfect because all of us are human. All of us are constantly trying to make sure we're doing the best not all of us, a lot of us are trying to do the best that we can on a regular basis. And it's not always going to be perfect. And I hope to give some of that grace and that gray space to people to just, again, like learn and do better because this is the other thing. I think a lot of men see my content and are like, he hates men. And I'm like, hello, <laughs> I'm like, come on. Um, I grew up as one of you. I get the pressures. I get the hurt. I get how toxic 
masculinity can be. It doesn't have to be that way. Uh, and so I'm always like, I want you in our love army. I want you to heal. I want you to be a part of this community. You just have to decide that you want to be a part of it. And thinking that you're going to feel better if you, you know, put on a bunch of muscles, get a bunch of money, and then sleep with everyone that you can, the way that we've heard all these toxic male coaches talk about, is just not going to actually make you feel better. A hundred percent. And at this point, a lot of the men that I meet, it's so wild. Maybe these are the type of men that I attract, but a lot of the men that I meet are just desperately looking for an emotional connection. Even the last guy I just ended it with, he was just like, I just feel like I have so much love to give. I just want to give my love to someone. This is so unfair. And I was just like, geez, everyone is just looking to love someone. Like everyone's so lonely. It's so much more than sex now. It's about connection for a lot of people. Totally. There's a really interesting YouTube video called The Invention of Loneliness. I recommend everyone watch it because, you know, we've always been lonely to some extent, but we really have had this heightened experience with loneliness only more recently with the digital age because it's so easy to feel like you're connected. And I've talked about this many times, but we're actually, I think, even less connected than before because we, we have this false sense of connection now. You know, like how often do you talk to some of your best friends just through like an Instagram DM, but you don't actually FaceTime them and see their face and connect with them. Like my friends know that I will just call them out of the blue as a FaceTime. And if they can't pick up, they can't pick up. But I like it so much better because it's just so much more human. And I hope we get back to real like deep community where, you know, after the pandemic, especially we're able to really come together in these spaces in real life and just share presence with one another and share connection with each other because it is, it's what we're all looking for. Every single person on this planet wants to feel seen, heard, understood, and be loved. No matter what yeah. you believe, that's what we're all looking for. Yeah, and that's the saddest part when people attack each other is that you we all just want to be seen and heard. And what you're saying is also true because there's actual research behind it with social media, how it's made people actually less connected to one another. So 100%. We love science here. We love science. My partner's a scientist. Oh, no way. Yeah, he does cancer research. He's a super smarty. He's beautiful inside and out. And I keep him like private from the internet because I just don't want to like, I don't want him to deal with all the meanness. A hundred percent. I do think it's really important, especially with public figures to have like something that you keep to yourself. For me, my dating life, a lot of it is just pretty private, just so I don't go too mad with all those things. Something that I love that you said is that not to attack straight guys, but uh, <laughs> that a lot of straight men don't quote unquote like women. And that is such a thing that I see a lot now that they enjoy the female anatomy, but they don't like women. You then have like this entire TikTok series about mm -hmm. how we really don't need <laughs> straight <laughs> men because queer men can do everything a straight guy can do. So can you elaborate on this and explain why this isn't just blind hatred towards straight men? Absolutely. And I, I've made videos explaining like, this is not me hating on straight men. Like some of my best friends are straight cisgender men. However, I saw this crazy uptick in like just random men, some with big platforms, some with small platforms being like, you all need us. You need us to do this and this and to keep the population alive. And I was like, do these guys not know how science works? Because I have all the anatomy that does all the same things as them. And I don't have a problem sleeping with women or men. So I'm like, we don't need you. And that really triggered a lot of them. But I think it was the first time that a lot of people really did process like, whoa, we don't technically scientifically need straight men to keep the population alive or do anything else. And 
you know, not to say one thing or another, but in the queer community, we have some really smart, beautiful, hardworking men and women and non-binary people that can do everything that cishet people can do. The whole, we don't need them is just, it's really like the nuance in the word. We don't need them, but we can want to have them in our community. And I want to have them in our community and I want them to heal. But I really think it's important to show them like, y'all are riding this wave of like, we need you and we don't. I mean, why do you think it seems like men have started, specifically straight men, have started to hate women on the internet more and more is because we're making, even if we make money, they're always like, well, you just want us for money. And you're like, bro, you don't even have a headboard for your bed. Like I'm making more money than you. What are you talking? What money? It's always the people who don't have the money. They're like, you just want me for your money. I'm like, what money? Yeah. You know, again, it's like, this rise in these toxic male coaches and we've seen a bunch of them and I'm not even going to name them because you know who I'm talking about and I don't want to give them any more airtime that I already have. But the thing is, is, you know, these guys that aren't really sitting in the same place as a lot of these ones that are hurt, then come online and put out this like whole speech as if like, it's so hard to be a man and no one gets what it's like and no one cares about us. And that's it. And I'm like, okay, like, look, as someone who's been programmed and gone through life as a man who is male presenting, I can call BS on that. And I don't think they were really expecting like someone who looks like me to do that also, because a lot of the things these guys like to do is, you know, tear women apart for their looks or say sexual things to them. And they don't really do that to me because then it proves my point even further. And I think that there's a rise in this because women are finally coming out of oppression more and more with that said still super oppressed like i'm 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 shocked that we still have like the gender pay gap and that like majority of our politics is still made up of white cis old men bodily autonomy is still not a thing for women today like anyone who wants to argue with me on that like just go look at the facts it's it's just not a thing right but women are like you can get your own credit card you can get your own job you can take care of yourself and a in lot america. more women in america yes in america and for the first time in history, women are getting to a place of just being able to be technically more independent. That still doesn't mean there's so much more of a way to go. And all these women are realizing like, I'm better off. I'm happier. I'm more peaceful without a grown man baby that I have to take care of. Because a lot of these guys just were raised to find a second mom. Like you're going to get married and here's your second mom. That's such a, I attract so many guys like that. And it's, oh, and my parents feel sorry for me sometimes because they're like, Violet, Violetta, you're so strong. I just wish you can find someone that can be strong for you. Because even when I date men who seem strong on the outside, they're actually, they need to get babied. And then suddenly I am their second mother. So that's the big thing that I really want to say to you is that you don't need to baby them. We, I, I really hope to change the language is like, no one needs to be babied anymore. We need to be holding them accountable. We need to really be mindful of the ways in which they're all part of this. And I'm not blaming you by any means for any of that, because again, you're like a kind human that just didn't want to see someone hurt. But like, in what world do you need to make someone who's dumping you feel better? Like you chose this, this is your decision. Now go process it in your own safe space. And if you don't have that safe space, then you need to start working on building that because it is up to you. It's crazy to me how many are afraid of like therapy as if it's this bad thing. I am such an advocate for mental health and therapy. I mean, coaching in itself is very different than therapy, but we have a lot of overlap and just like processing and healing. And I just consistently am like, go to therapy. 
go to therapy. I agree. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Speaking of therapy, some people use social media as therapy and you are a huge advocate for safer ways to use yes. social media. Yes. Um, do you have any, some not so basic, but necessary safety tips that we should all practice when it comes to social media? My big one is to really just be mindful of what you're sharing. I think we've gotten to a point where everyone's obsessed with sharing everything and I get it, but that is really just not safe on like a many different levels. Like, please don't share your home, like the outside of it. I, I try to like encourage people to not share too much of the inside of it because people can use like reflections to like find it's like, there's just a lot of people on the internet that are dangerous. And I really want to make sure everyone's just protecting themselves. Sharing your relationship is a personal decision. I, in the beginning of my social media career, so like in my early twenties, you know, I fell in love for the first time. It was exciting. I wanted to share that. And then my second relationship I shared as well. And it really affected our relationship. And it affected the first one too, where they were getting kind of jealous and questioning things. And then one of them was like angry at me when I didn't tag him and things. And I was like, are you with me? Or are you with like the online version of me? Like, what is this about? And so I just set up a boundary after that second one. Like, I'm not going to share my partners online until it's like really serious. Um, and we constantly have those conversations about what that means, about what that could look like in the future. but you have to keep something sacred for you. And a lot of people don't respect boundaries and like the amount of, you know, dudes that would hit up my boyfriends knowing it was my boyfriend in the DMs. And I'm like, what are you doing? That's you, so don't even, true. you don't even live in the same city, let alone the same country. What are you doing this for? Like what validation are you seeking? Or they would do it to me knowing that I have a boyfriend. And I'm like, look, you're like, okay, fine. You're attractive or you've got like cool things happening, but like, that's not enough for me to want to, hurt my partner and hurt our relationship and in many ways hurt myself like I just really hope people start to respect boundaries more and boundaries is a big conversation I'm having right now online because a lot of us have not been taught what that looks like how we do that um what are healthy boundaries and then the and big we all have different boundaries absolutely absolutely and the other big one is to just remember that social media is a tool you get to decide how you use that tool and it could be used to make you feel better or make you feel worse. And so I say, you know, if you're following someone and they're only making you feel bad about yourself, you shouldn't be following them. And even if that's me, I'm like, then don't follow me. Yes. But, you know, it's easy to be like, oh yeah, but they're inspo, it's aspirational. I'm like, okay, but you also don't know like that person's real life. And like all of this, all of this probably is the highlight reel that you're getting. And I'm honest about this. I was programmed in my modeling days to be more in the thirst trap world. Like that was what I was told my value was like, you know, Barrett, you're valuable in your underwear because that's your job. And so I was online in many ways as that when I was told not to have an opinion, don't speak your mind. And so like, I get this world of like, that's good that you know your place. Yeah. I'm and kidding. I think that's part of, <laughs> no, but I, no, but like that was part of what it was. And I, and I look at it and I'm like, I helped build this monster back in the early days. And I didn't realize it because I was being groomed to do it by predators. And that's a whole other conversation. But I also think it's part of my job now to make it a healthier space and to have these conversations and to remind everyone that you are so much more than your body. You can love your body. You can honor your body. You can show your body off, but you are so much more than your body. And if that's all your value is coming from at some point, you're going to crash and burn and feel awful. And it happens to everyone. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. 
That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah, really, and it happens really fast. That's when people get confused when I tell them I'm confident and they think it has to do with my looks. In reality, it has nothing to do with my looks because every other day I think I'm ugly or fat or this issue or this issue, whatever it is that I'm seeing. So if I had to depend on my Mm. looks for my confidence, Mm. I would just never leave the house. So your confidence has to come from inside. It's like who you are as a person, like you have more to offer. I do recall recently you were posting some stuff. And one thing that I liked is when you were being vulnerable and you expressed a like, I think some people start to demand of you to address this issue and to address this issue and how dare you not address this. So it always becomes where someone as a life coach on the internet and you sharing everything and you're doing your best to be positive, people... People love you for that. And then within two seconds, they can turn you and be like, well, how come you're not addressing this? And then they're attacking you because how dare you? So how do you deal with that? And how do you set boundaries with things like that so you can take care of your own mental health? This has been a journey and I've definitely messed up along the way. And I say that because I think it's important to be honest and and to show people that you're gonna mess up on your road to doing better. Making mistakes is how you learn. And it's so important to learn from them because that's how you grow and that's how you become a better person. And I'm grateful for everything up until this point. For me, it's understanding that I'm not going to save the world by myself and no no one person can. And that's why I really am fostering this love army because we are a community. We work together. We pick up the slack when someone else needs a little bit of help and, you know, vice versa. The big one is to just, you know, put it out there continuously that like, look, I'm a person. I have a life outside of this app. I have a career outside of this app. And I'm doing the best that I can with the mental space and physical energy that I have right now to touch on as many things as I can. But also there's just some things that I'm more equipped and better educated to talk about. And there's other things that I'm, you know, better to hand off the the baton to someone else and let them talk about it. And so as more people get into this space and, and speak up, which I'm so excited to see and so proud of so many people for finding their voice right now, I wanna remind them that you're gonna need to take breaks. It's so imperative. Social media is a hard one because it's like nonstop all the time. Everyone has it. And so you're just like, when do I take the break? And it's, it has to be a conscious decision. For me, the weekends are like my break time. I rarely post on the weekends. And while you're going through this journey of, you know, figuring out how to best have a relationship with it, you also need to ask, like, what are the things that you are most passionate about and what are most personal because that's where you will be better educated to speak from because it talks about your story. And I think storytelling is a really powerful way to help make change. And you're still gonna be gaslit and you're still gonna be abused in this space when you're doing those things. I mean, just yesterday I had a queer person like shame me for telling my story. And I'm like, you're on my Instagram. Like what, like, what did you think I was gonna talk about? Like your stuff? And then I went to their page and it's just selfie after selfie after selfie with no messaging. It's just like, a it really was just selfies. And, you know, I said that this is just 
again, a clear projection of their insecurities. And because I've been doing this and because I am so vocal, it pushes people. And something that you, you know, will learn as you do this more and more, I'm not saying you, but in general, is when you hold up a mirror to yourself and you show the world your imperfections and you show the world what you're working on, there's a lot of people standing behind you looking in that mirror also, and they're staring at you. But all of a sudden, they just look a little bit to the side and they see themselves. And then they have to reckon with, I'm not doing this or I am doing this. And if they're not doing it, then they just look back at you in that mirror and get angry at you because they're really angry at themselves. And so it's just, it's hard. It's really hard to not take it personally, but I really hope more people understand whatever hate you're getting, it's not personal. It's that other person's own stuff. And it's not your job, especially if you're not being paid to help them work through it. Not just whatever hate you're getting, but whatever hate you may be projecting onto other people. I constantly try to teach this to my listeners and some of them even get upset because they're projecting. But a lot of the time, if you really just hate someone that you've never met, you have to ask yourself, why am I feeling this type of emotion towards this person that I don't know? What's going on? Totally, totally. Like, what is this stirring up inside of me? That is really, again, a representation of the stuff I'm doing. If you had to talk to your younger self right now, what some advice would you give him? The biggest one would be to just not let people dim your light and, and remember that it really does get better. I think that's like a, you know, it's a campaign within the queer community gets better, but it does. And it, it takes work and it takes trial and error and it takes finding some bad people and finding some good people, but it does get better. And then the other one is that like, you're going to be more okay than you could ever dream. Like as a kid, it was really hard. And I think people have a hard time really believing that because of what I look like. And I'm like, look, looks have nothing to do with how your life is as a kid, especially when you're not in control of your life and you have parents and teachers and coaches and all these things that you don't get to decide for, right? To know that like at 34, I'm fundamentally okay is such a gift. Like I don't have to worry about where I'm going to sleep tonight which was a fear at many different parts of my life. And even just that alone has been a processing thing for me because I realized I was moving all the time. That way no one could kick me out of like where I was living. (laughs) And that was like a a big slap in the face realization, but it was a really important one. You know, money was also really hard for my family. And so I've come to reckon and I have conversations with my siblings about this. No amount of money will ever make me feel comfortable no amount will ever make me feel like it's enough because it was so scarce growing up and it was such a problem. And so I have to have like real big conversations with myself where I'm like, Barrett, you have all your bills paid. You have some money in the savings account. And if something was to go wrong, you'll be okay. And that's huge. Cause like, I'm going to shift a little bit. And this has been again, a hard thing to work through for myself and some other people. When you're surviving, it's really hard to dream. You're just trying to make it day to day. Dreaming's a privilege. And I don't think enough people understand that. And at this point, I have the privilege to dream. And that like makes me emotional because it wasn't the case as a kid. Like I couldn't imagine what this person looked like or where he was going to live or the person he was going to be with. And it's really amazing. And I'm so grateful for it because I don't think a lot of us had that chance. Like you come from a really fucked up country that's still fucked up today. You know, my ancestors are from where you're from. That generational trauma gets passed down with you. Um, And I really do feel like I'm finally breaking generational trauma for my family and I'm getting to help my siblings slowly heal through that too. And that's just such a gift. And I really like, I look at my community online as like my little siblings. That's why I call myself their big brother. 
I think it's so much more powerful than being like your dad or your mom, because realistically we all have shit with our dads and our moms, but to really get to like heal through this and like, know we're going to be okay and be okay together is such a gift, you know? Yeah. I love that dreaming. Dreaming is a privilege. I really like that. You're saying that, that, that is, that's so beautiful. And I definitely feel that, especially the way I grew up as well and being where I'm at. And I really do think is that when you start being thankful for the little things, as much as it can piss other people off, who just want to be negative. That's when you, the bigger things start to, start to come your way. And absolutely. When I woke up this morning, I was kind of saying things I'm thankful for because I was in so much pain for my surgery. So then I, I said little things like roof over my head, I have food in my stomach, just little things like that, that I know other people would be like, oh, shut up. But then we get on this interview and then you mentioned in the beginning of the interview, you said, well, I have a roof over my head and I'm just like, oh my God, yes, you get me. Exactly. Yeah. Because those aren't little things. And for so many of us, they, we take them for granted because it's just a lot of people have never had to think about that, you know, but as someone who's had to think about that, like it wasn't guaranteed always, it really is a big deal. You know, having a safe place to sleep, food in the fridge, access to clean water, uh, a healthy-ish body, that in itself is so fucking powerful. And it should set the tone for you to go, you know what, today's another day for opportunity to make today the best day of my life. And I say, this is the best day of my life because it's the day that I have. Yesterday already happened, tomorrow's not here yet. So for me to always think, oh, that was the best day of my life is to live in the past. And for me to hope it's coming is to live in the future where I might not make it to tomorrow. So why not just really be grateful for today? And again, you, you're talking about gratitude, right? It's, it truly is medicine for the soul, the mind and the body. Yeah. And people, a lot of people tend to live in the future. So it's always, what else can I do? I'm not doing enough. Well, I don't have this or maybe, well, I, I mean, yeah, I, I want to find love, but like, I'm just not ready right now. I mean, maybe, maybe next year or yeah, I want this job, but not today. So maybe like, no, start today, do everything today. Be thankful today. Yeah. I will be thankful, but I don't have this amount of money. So when I have this or when I'm skinnier, then I'll buy these jeans. Like, no, you, this is what you have, like work with what you have today. Yes, and, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and I, I, I really do. I like love the whole comment. Dreaming is a privilege so much. And even complaining, having the time to sit here and complain why I'm so unhappy. That is a privilege in itself that you have the time and a roof over your head and food in your belly to be able to sit here and be like, hmm, I'm bored. I'm not happy. I must be this or this or that or whatever. You know, that's a privilege in itself. Absolutely. And this is why travel has been so important in my journey and why I encourage more people to think about traveling. And it doesn't have to be to a whole other country. I mean, within every single country, we have our places that, you know, the UN has named globally South, meaning it's not as developed as, you know, what we assume it is across, across the world. Like right now in Mississippi, they don't have access to clean water. That's here in our own, you know, US states uh, thing to think about. You know, you don't have to travel to some foreign place to, to see those effects. And for me, it was, it was understanding that within each place that I went that like so many people just don't have what we assume everyone has. And it's in my opinion, again, it's my opinion, a really big problem about the U S and how you, how we're so centric around ourselves and people forget there's a whole other world out there that we're taking advantage of. I mean, most of our goods come from outside the country. Most of the things we use on a daily basis come from outside the country and the people making them don't have access to them. You know, like that's, that's a hard thing to really digest and understand. But 
I think about Pakistan right now and what their country is going through with the you know the climate crisis and how 33 million people have been displaced from their homes. That's a lot of people, and they emit such a small amount of carbon into the world. But they're dealing with like what we do in our world here in the U.S. or in the U.K. or in Russia or in China. And the more that we remember like a global community that does affect one another, I think the more people will start to make little changes in their day to day lives. Yeah, I mean, it's hard, though, especially with social media, making everything more visible and apparent that it feels like it's even for me, sometimes it can be hard to open social media because you're like, oh, my God, there's so many bad things happening in the world and I get overwhelmed and I have to shut it down. So what advice do you have for people who try to live their own life and not take on everyone else's problems? Because because if you really had to just open your eyes in social media to everything that's happening, how would you not want to be, how, how would you not want to be depressed every single day? I, I would be so depressed if I read the news every day. Yeah. I mean, one of the biggest boundaries I tell people is to stop watching the news. Like you don't need to watch, you know, traditional news to know what's going on in the world. I stopped watching it years ago and it was one of the best things to do for my mental health because they're also a media company that's looking to make money. That's looking to keep your eyes on them. That's competing with all the new forms of media and so they do, they do trauma dump. They don't give trigger warnings. They don't say like, hey, we're going to show you some bad things today, but also some good things. Yeah. Um, and it's all about balance, right? At the end of the day, you you can't stop living your life and you can't stop being grateful for the things you have because then there goes your life and you become just this ball of, of emotions, which is not the worst thing in the world, but it's not the healthiest thing in the world. And on the flip side, you know, you have to be aware of your privilege and you need to use that privilege for good. You have to be aware that like it starts at a local level within your own communities, within your own you know, city, your own state, whatever it is. And then that can expand how you want it to. But if you're not taking care of yourself, you can't take care of anyone else. A hundred percent. But people also don't realize how much it helps you when you help someone else. You oh, A lot of times we're always like, yes. well, first I have to help myself. But then you don't realize like if you're feeling down, you just sat there and listened to someone else's problems for once instead of talking about your own and just helping someone else, how much it will lift you up knowing you lift someone else up. Just giving a hug to a stranger, how much it can change their day, which then would change your day. Like helping other people really does help you as well. People should Absolutely. just try it. Absolutely. There's a, a, one of my favorite quotes is by Gloria Steinem, who's like an incredible feminist. And she says the final stage of healing is using what happened to you to help others heal. That is healing in itself, you know, and, and it's about that aspect of community and the top three things that will make your life feel more peaceful. And I very much amplified the word peaceful because I think a lot of people are like, I just want to be happy. I want to be happy. I'm like, happiness is fleeting like every other emotion. Peace of mind is a state that you can get to that says bad things are happening. I'm going to be okay. Good things are happening. I'm going to be okay. And the three things that they've done, again, like scientific studies of like researchers at Yale, Harvard, you know, across the world have really studied these things is gratitude, altruism, and community. And if you have those three things in your life in some way, life will feel just a little bit more peaceful day by day. What is so gratitude is being thankful for being alive. Yes. The altruism altruism yeah. so like how do you give back how are you giving back to others your community you know just some other way that you give service to your world but even in a small way not everyone oh, has totally. to start really big just totally. even the smallest thing just a smile to someone start I, small i i think it's wild how many of us just ignore like a cashier 
It's like, that's a human. Say hello. Ask how their day's going. I often do the five gratefuls with them. And it's like just this beautiful little moment of humanity between two people. I worked in service. I, I used to be that person people would ignore. And I remember just being like, I'm a human. Like, just because I'm on the other end right now doesn't make me less of a human than you. And like one day you may have to come to me for something. And are am I going to treat you that way? And are you going to like it? No. So like, just remember, we're all humans. We're all going through something. Be kind to one another, um, but don't take shit just because someone wants to be an asshole. <laughs> and then the third one is community, which community, means... which again is, I think for a lot of people, something they're struggling with right now. It's a lot of people are going through these like growth evolutions where they don't really fit into the places they grew up or the community they've been keeping for all this time. And they're realizing like, whoa, maybe my thoughts are different. Maybe I'm progressing past this group. And, you know, it's okay to outgrow relationships. It happens in many different ways, but finding community, whether that's online or in real life, of people that think like you, that make you learn, that help you grow, that's the kind of community I encourage people to find. And, and that is safe. You definitely want to feel safe in those communities. I do think some of these communities, though, it become people, some people can be too dependent or it can become dangerous. Like it, it, that's a whole different conversation. But there's it seems like now, especially after the pandemic and even I like what you said about the news and how at the end of the day, it's an outlet to make money, a cash cow. And they will then say things are triggering. So every day mm -hmm. you wake up just to feel whore and scared mm -hmm. so they can continue making money. So the same thing with a lot of communities or hate communities and nothing mm -hmm. brings people together faster than mm -hmm. hate. So there's a communities of all the men who hate women or there's mm -hmm. a communities oh there's also i've been a part of it too all the communities that hate those men that hate women and mm -hmm. then suddenly i have to take a step back and be like whoa i'm being too hateful there's too mm -hmm. much hate in my heart right now mm -hmm. even i need to kind of take a step back so for me it's i struggle to be part of any community mm -hmm. i like like my my biggest thing is like i have to be an individual versus for most and i like to be a part of everything but not too much it's mm. hard for me to be part of communities. Mm. That's the truth. And I'm sure a lot of mm. other people feel the way I feel. Definitely. I, I think there's people that feel every single way, right? Like that's a beautiful thing. But in yeah. some ways, that's your community. It's people that oh. process and feel what you feel also and go, I vibe with that. That's my community where I like, I am an individual and I need to take care of me and I can like come into other spaces, but then I need to go back to myself, right? It's right. not saying that like, we're always in this one space together and no one else is allowed into it. Like, Again, my right. love army is my community. And I tell everyone, you are always welcome here, but you have to come here being open and kind and looking to learn and grow. You can't come in here wanting to just hate everyone in here. That's not safe for my community. And I don't allow that. Right. Duh, that does make sense. My community is people like me. It's because yeah. I think of community. I think of like a big group chat and we meet every Friday at dawn. <laughs> this this. That's yeah. OK, that makes a lot more sense. So duh, my community is also my podcast listeners, my besties. Yes, my yes community. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> totally. And I think especially as more people continue to grow on social media, I really you know, encourage people to think about the fact that this is a community and really we are symbiotic, like without my community, I'm so unimportant and I'm already not that important to my own mind. Like, but don't say that. But you know matter. what I mean? Like, we're like, of course, I fully agree. Like, I'm like, don't talk I, to yourself like that. <laughs> I appreciate a call out as well. Like we all need it. Right. But I, I do. I like really like to remind people, like the, the fact that this number on the top of my screen is there is what gives me more value to a brand, to a company, to whatever. Right. A lot of people forget that that number is representative of individual people. 
Like when was the last time you really stepped back, Violet, and went, what's the number on top of your Instagram right now? Uh, me? Yeah, oh, what's, I your, don't know, what's your like... following count? It's almost 700,000, right? Oh, my personal account. Yeah, but I also yeah. have 5.2 million on daddy issues. And... But your personal accounts. I want to think talk about just yeah, you. Yeah, sure. Yeah, seven, like close to 700. Okay. Now let's combine those two. You reach over, let's, because you have a third account as well. Yeah, almost adulting, 300. Right. right. So you reach over 6 million people. Yeah, and a lot of my podcasts too. Okay. When was the last time you stepped back and tried to imagine 6 million people standing in front of you? I don't. I don't think about that at all. Now, that's crazy. That's so that's so powerful. That's almost as big as the the island of Manhattan, which is like a heavily dense population. That's, that's power. Yeah. That's amazing. And you go, I don't really know how I feel about community. That's your community right there. Uh <laughs> It's a big community. Yeah, you're so right. <laughs> yeah, I have such a need to be an individual that sometimes I forget that, like, literally, I have these people. Yeah, I, I agree with you, though. The community, you won't survive alone. And I've said that it took me a year to learn friendships are important and your community is your friendships. So I think sometimes I do accidentally take it for granted because I try to tell myself that. I'm independent. It's, you know, childhood trauma. I'm independent. I'm alone. I got this. No one will ever be there for me. And I forget that people really are there for you if you really yes. need them. Yes. That is yes, 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 yes. Thank yes, you yes, for yes. reminding me. It's an honor and it's a gift. And I'm so grateful that we could have that moment to remind each other because I also need the reminder. And I say every time I say these things, I'm reminding myself. I'm reprogramming my brain to go grateful. That's a lot of people. That's a responsibility, but it's also beautiful because they're also there for me. And to also remember that you can reach out to them, that it's not just this one, you know, one-sided thing. And recently I've been asking questions on my Instagram stories about like, what made you feel like a different kind of kid? And then I'll share all the responses. And Aww. it's beautiful because it's just all these people who in some way you can relate to them. It's not the same, but you go, oh my gosh, like, yes, we would have been friends as kids. And it's so nice to find each other now because we wouldn't have had this access when I was little, because social media was not a thing. Cell phones were barely a thing. Um, yeah, everyone's so special. Everyone's unique. I wish people would understand that you are special. You are unique. You all we all have our own stories. Like we've all yes. gone through struggles. Stop, yes. stop just judging someone based on what they look like and all that stuff. Like people don't realize how much more similar they are. We all are. That's why I love being anonymous is daddy issues for two years. And then when I came out and a lot of people could relate to me, they were like, this is what you look like. I'm like, yeah, we're more, we're, you know, we're the same bitch. We're best friends now. Like I'm happy you didn't focus on my looks. Mm. Yeah. I love I it. Love that. I love that too. I love it so much. Okay. So what advice can you leave people before we close this off? What's the oh. best advice you've ever gotten? The best advice I've ever gotten is tattooed on my arm. It says, hike your own hike. And I got that advice while I was hiking 800 miles or 1200 kilometers over the course of 45 days in the woods on the Pacific Crest Trail. And that was the beginning of where I really changed my whole life. I went out there with a backpack and it was all about surviving and walking up and down mountains. Um, and it, it set the tone for everything after that because I was living in New York in like a fast paced life. I had left, you know, modeling and acting and then it found its way back into my life on my terms but still not healthy. And it was something that someone said to me on the trail. And it's a common saying on through hikes. So these big hikes that people will do, because the whole thing is actually like, uh, you go from Mexico to Canada along the West coast of the U S and I did 
Mexico to Mount Whitney, which is the tallest mountain in the lower 48 states, and then hiked that my final day, which was like a, that day I hiked like over 26 miles. So like a marathon um, and with the tallest mountain, it was intense. Anyways, someone said this to me on the hike at one point and it didn't register because it's just like a saying. So people are just constantly saying it to each other, like hiker and hike, hiker and hike, hiker and hike. And then there was this point where I found myself hiking with a group of people and they all really wanted to stop. And I was like in my flow and I was like, I really want to keep going. And it was in that moment that I was like, Barrett, hike your own hike. Like you will be able to stop at a point, you know, coming up where you're ready to stop and you can wait for them or you can keep going, but you're on this hike for yourself. You came here to heal from a bunch of different things. And then the more I really processed that saying, the more I was like, you have to do you, you have to live your life for yourself and the right people will join you on the hike at the right times. And sometimes we'll meet people for a little bit and then go off completely in other ways. And other times we'll meet people and they'll be on your hike with you forever. It's one of my favorite sayings. It really brings it back to nature, which is like a huge source of my like soul and spirit. And I think a lot more people need to go on a through hike and connect with themselves and get rid of everything of who they are. Because, you know, in the middle of the woods, no one gives a fuck where you live, what your name is, what your job is. So I was like, you know, you get names given to you and that's the name you go by. So my name was Sweetheart. That was like given <laughs> to me by a group of hikers. I had blue hair by the end of it. I had this big beard. We were super smelly because we're not showering often. And it was just a really beautiful time to kind of get out of this avatar and what everyone has seen me as for so long and just really lean into like what my essence was. And so whoever's listening to this, I encourage you to think about what your essence is and who you are outside of all the things you've been told by people your whole life. Because essentially from the day we're born, we're told who we are by other people. Everything from your name to your gender, to what you wear and where you live has been predetermined by other people. And that's why I love queerness because it's not just about your sexuality, it's about defining who do you wanna be and how do you wanna flow in this world? And so for me, the big one would be hike your own hike and love is everything. You, you need to have love as your foundation. If you have love as your foundation, you can get through things personally, professionally, romantically, in social situations and remember that like, it comes back to a bigger reason of wanting to just see the world heal. Yeah. And hike your own hike goes back to that one day that you woke up and you looked at the wall and you said, I got to save myself. Hike your own hike is you saving yourself. Totally. I love that. I haven't even thought about that before. Thank what? you for that. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. That's the first thing I thought about when you said uh, that. This is why we, this is why we <laughs> came together today. I got to remind you of things. You got to remind me of things. And hopefully the people that listen to this will be reminded of other things as well. I yeah. love it's the community of your community, my community, merging, finding each other, giving each other hugs consensually yes. and just being like, for me, it really is about going back to your younger self. I think if you we really, yeah. really go back to like who we were as kids, where the world didn't tell us how awful we were we would all just get along so much quicker. A hundred percent. But I like the fact that, yeah, we joined together and today you remind me of community and I reminded you of saving yourself and being your independent self and how far you've come here. And also, you know, words matter. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay. Um, where can people find you? You can find me on all the social media. So TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, at my name, Barrett, B-A-R-R-E-T-T. -T. Last name is P-A-L-L. -L. That's one word, no space, no period, nothing, just Barrett Paul. 
And I would love to have you join me in the Love Army. We're looking to heal. And no matter how you identify, you are welcome. We want to see you there. We want to share some just kindness and, and softness and, and just peace with each other. Yes. And I'll share his information in the description as well. So you can find him. Anyway, you guys, thank you so much for joining. And I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day. Ciao.